Welcome to Native Currents, a critical look at what's going down in Indian country. I'm Glenn Wheeler. And I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Van Lawfeld. Hello, Steve. Hey, Glenn. Exciting week. Uh, with us in studio is a special guest, uh, Jared Lehman. Jared is a uh, former executive director of the Aboriginal Professional Association of Canada. He's also a motivational speaker and uh, a general community builder. And uh, he's here to talk to us today about um, identity. I know it's an important uh, it's an important conversation that we've had before, but today we're going to delve a little bit deeper into um, what it means to be Indigenous in in an urban environment. Indigenous in general as well, we're going to touch on a bit of uh, what it means to be two-spirited. So uh, welcome, Jared. Thank you very much for having me. And Jared, uh, why don't we start off by talking a little bit about APAC, about being uh, an Indigenous professional person uh, and about the, the challenges and successes that APAC has had. So uh, APAC is a, a great organization, uh, and it's doing great work in the community, uh, building uh, building the urban community in Toronto and across the country. So, uh, But some of the challenges that we've had is, as an organization is the growth phase. We have a lot of need for this, this organization and for the work that we're doing. And it is, and and it's just the growth of the organization is 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 a is an issue. So, um, and uh, being an an indigenous professional person, do you find that most indigenous professionals they, I suppose, they work out there in corporate Canada. They're not necessarily working in indigenous environments. They're out there um, in the business world with the other people dressed in business casual and. Um, people might not know in some cases that they were indigenous professionals. Yeah, completely. And I uh, was able to participate in a project um, with Nadia Kwanabeds from Redwork Studios. And I, and I was able to be in a photo series that's been traveled across the country. And I demonstrated uh, sort of visually what you just had mentioned. Um, I had a picture of me on in Bay Street with a suit jacket on. And then underneath my suit jacket, you can see my my chest, my my... my my chest, but you can also see my um, my regalia pieces, and it's about when you're in the professional world, you have the suit on the outside, but on the inside, you're you're still indigenous, and that was what that picture represented, and it was a picture of me looking into a reflection of myself, um, seeing my my chest plate, and so I think that um, that being an indigenous professional in in an urban setting does come with 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 its challenges. It comes with um, with the changing of your identity when you come to a city and you come and you meet other really cool native people, you change your identity changes. And, and it's how you, it's the process of how you work with that, that will really help you as a person, but it'll also help your work. It'll help those around you because you're there and you're present. And, and I think that that is what APAC really is about. You know, the, we, at the professional association, we, we provide networking, we provide skill building and the recognition of excellence. Well, I think one of the one of the good things about the association is that allows profession, indigenous professionals to come together, because in a place like Toronto and other urban areas, I mean, everyone's dispersed, right? So unless you're actually at a, a, a corporation or a company or even within the public service, where they uh, foster that sense of community and identity within the workplace, it's it's hard out there because, like you said, you know, you, you are who you are at home, and then you you got to put on this suit, right, this face to get out there and interact with with 
other people because I mean really um, in research there there you know there's a saying two-eyed seeing as being able to see from an indigenous perspective but also from the Western and this is kind of like two-eyed acting for for lack of a better term right so mm-hmm. being able to provide that um, that forum and that voice for indigenous professionals is key and 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 you guys have 500 members yeah over 500 members across the country and and most of our 80 percent of our membership i believe it's 85 percent of our membership actually has a post-secondary degree uh mostly university and and then also at the master's level which is is doesn't exist elsewhere in the country we have we have other associations that have uh grouped indigenous people to professionals together specifically by their own their own trade so for example like the aboriginal nurses association right Whereas our the APAC is an organization that is multi-sectoral, and we demonstrate and we bring those sectors together um, because um, there needs to be a space for for those professionals to come together for leadership, for growth. Um, you connect with those people from different sectors in order to be able to provide, um, you know, sit on their board, for example, become involved with it with it with a nonprofit organization. And sometimes we get so honed into our own field that we don't take the time to go out and, 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 and do that. And, and, and it's interesting because there's, you know, diversity is a huge piece in the private sector and in many sectors, accepting diversity. And there's lots of slogans that, you know, a, a bank, for example, or an FI would say, you know, bring your whole self to work. But if you don't have an understanding of your whole self, how are you, you know, how are you going to be doing that? And who, who helps, who helps the indigenous professional people, through that. And let's talk about that more specifically to about Indigenous professionals, because as you say, the diversity word is a big one right now. It's, um, I think, is usually talked about uh, in terms of uh, LGBTQ issues and various uh, uh, racialized people's uh, uh, contexts. So, you know, we're used to hearing it there. Uh, but for Indigenous people, what is it what does it mean for us specifically are we just like another minority group uh, or what what are the unique issues for indigenous people in the professions and working either in in the corporate sector or or elsewhere so i think one of the main issues is uh, and and that other professionals have identified to me is just like when we were and maybe when we were in university and you you the topic of indigenous people came up and you became everyone would look at you because you're the only native one in the class and and i think the same thing emulated is emulated and happens in in the workplace so if you identify yourself as an indigenous person Anything that comes, everyone's always looking to you. Yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So you're, you're, you're 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 the resident <laughs> sensei in in indigeneity, yes. right? Right, and 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 that comes with its challenges. I mean, I remember being in you know portions of like law in law school and in uh, well, I like studying law, and I remember some of my professors saying, um, you know, human rights uh, code applies to everybody, and you cannot contract it out, and it's it's. It's the law, the law of the land. Well, and then this was, you know, a couple of this was 10 years ago or no, five, eight years ago. And I remember putting my hand up and being like, well, does that really apply to, to my community? Well, you know, the professor would say, well, technically it, it doesn't. But and then I said, well, then don't say that it applies to everyone. Right. And then I became the, I then became the resident native person in, in those law classes, which was, you know, indigenous people are the exception to every 
law, right? Like if you look at family law, you look at all these, you look at all these different types and we're the exception to where they say the hardest type of law is Aboriginal law because it's encompassing of all the, all of the different bodies of, 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 of law. Right. And I think that taking that kind of story and concept and moving it to the workplace, it's the same sort of thing, right? Uh, you work for a federally regulated industry and that industry is going to be required to meet the equity numbers for employment. It's always, it's a regulation and uh, they'll always have to meet those targets like banks, for example, with our, with our, with our employment equity laws. And there was, there was um, an audit done on, in the sector um, recently, and they found that Indigenous people were not being represented in those sectors, um, specifically in the banking sector. They're not meeting the targets that they're regulated to meet. So they need us uh, for their metrics because they want to be able to show that, you know, they're they're reaching out and they're employing Indigenous people. But do you think they are prepared for the complete Indigenous package? Or I guess for for any employer, um, it's helpful if people fit into the uh, people sit into the fit into the slots. Mm-hmm. So uh, is there some uh, is there some tension there between uh, wanting us for for metrics purposes and being ready for us as 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 whole people yeah i mean i think that there is a lot of tension and i think there is a lot of 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 unknowns um and and sometimes in the field um i was i met with a with a, a, a an organization two weeks ago and they and they're they're looking at the aboriginal issue in the workplace because to them it's an issue um, and how do we solve this? And, you know, I said to them, look at four pillars in your, in your workplace. Are you supporting Indigenous people in employment as an organization? Are you using, are you doing community investment? Are you doing community engagement? Um, and are you, are you doing business development with Indigenous communities? And, with, and if you look at it that way, I want to go work for an organization that can demonstrate to me that it is investing in Indigenous people more than just the employment block alone, right? I want to see, we see a huge amount of support coming from financial institutions, for example, for its Indigenous people, Indigenous uh, employee circles, right? There are employers that have that have done a, a lot of great work. Um, and it's looking at the approach as, as an employer to say, I want to attract Indigenous people, understanding that Indigenous people are looking for more than just some some indigenous people professionals are looking for more than just a paycheck right and and we're, we we want to be part of an a, of of a, an employment relationship that that is consistent of more than just me, me giving you money because i can work at other places that can provide that and there's lots of really great examples that are going on um attracting talent indigenous talent in the way of uh, providing mentorship opportunities for example and line, aligning, aligning those those opportunities with those new staff when they come in. So, uh, I just start working for an organization, and they they say your 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 mentor is now this v, this senior vice president. Well, that's encouraging to me. It's going to keep me at that organization because they they're they're thinking about me in in, in a way. Um, you know, we're going to provide you a leadership rotational opportunity. We're going to you know allow you to have some time to work with community investment. Right, it's, it's giving, it's showing that the organization is 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 addressing sort of four four areas, um, and I think that that is what what is, what, uh, what is going to attract uh, people and uh, is going to attract people to to the workplace. And well, I th- I think all these supports that some some businesses. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, 
not a lot of companies do this. I mean, you know, you're you're if you're an indigenous person and your company has to happens to be providing these supports, I mean, um, that's great. But many companies don't. Um, and I think certainly the, the supports are needed, but, you know, I'm, I want to, I guess, bring it down to now the personal level. You, you're, you're a young indigenous person in an urban setting, right? Um, so what does being an urban indigenous person mean to you and how do you maintain your identity in the city? So being an urban uh, indigenous person in, in the city in, in Toronto is it, what it means to me is it means that I have the opportunity to be demonstrating the indigenous community at community as I walk around, as I'm walking through the city, as I'm existing, as I'm going out and having conversations with people, I'm being present. Just by being present, we are we 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 can have those conversations. And I think for me, that's what it that's what it means. I think being an urban indigenous person means I've accepted that I may not be able to do all of my, you know, traditional hunting <laughs> um, all the time, but but maybe that's a piece of me that that is not that I don't identify with. And, and I think that um, as we see more indigenous people move to urban settings, I think that that that's going to change. And, and here's an example of uh, where, where we've, where we've seen a, an indigenous an urban indigenous take on, on our culture. So uh, it was just at pride this year and we had one of our first sort of two spirited powwows. And it was happening at Pride, and Minister Bennett actually spoke there. Great. The minister was there, right? I mean, I, I was trying to think, um, you know, would we ever see Valcor there? Probably not, <laughs> right? But but Minister Bennett was there, understanding this, and 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 it, we I was having conversations after about this, and they said, you know, there was for the first time I had really seen um, a female um, woman who oh, I'm assuming identified as a woman was dancing men's men's fancy right and and to me that's something that i haven't seen a lot of um and i think that like that is how we have taken sort of an urban we've urbanized something and we're owning it and we're using it in the two-spirited community and it wasn't a powwow like a traditional powwow that you would see where it was around it was you know it was a party right but uh kind of similar to along the lines of what tribe called red has been doing around making um, bringing indigenous in into the into the music scene and into the into that space where people can enjoy and bring people together and I think that that is the unique twist that we that that has transpired around an, a two-spirited powwow that happens at Toronto Pride. Now the two-spirited uh, element layer is very interesting because um, of course two-spirited people have um, their own unique experience of being part of the larger indigenous community and being part of the urban environment. So there, there are parts that fit together sometimes very well, sometimes not so well, because um, we know that um, in small communities generally are not the, the most uh, welcoming uh, places for two-spirited people. So we can think of uh, the coming out experience as being related to both the, the two-spirited uh, part of us and the indigenous part of us, because in the urban setting, people do not know necessarily that we are indigenous until we, uh, unless we let them know, and then we have to deal with the with the expectations. In terms of uh, in terms of professions, are there issues uh, that two spirited people have that are are unique that are um, perhaps helpful or not helpful in in terms of their careers? Yeah, so I think that 
like so can you I didn't read the question <laughs> no I was just I'm just thinking that in terms of you know we have a lot of um, uh, promotion of uh, of diversity within the within the professions and uh, so sometimes people are um, you know are are recognized for being uh, for being to, for being gay lesbian Q and so perhaps that's easier for some people than dealing with the indigenous uh, aspect. I mean, in a place like Toronto, we're very used to, to knowing uh, uh, queer people. But for, for mainstream people, uh, perhaps they know more gay people than indigenous people. So uh, we have to do the coming out and educating, mm-hmm. uh, telling of our story uh, in the indigenous uh in, for the indigenous part of us, that is, is perhaps more difficult to do than the than the queer part. Mm-hmm. No, and and I think that like um, through my personal experience around realizing my identity, um, I came out and identified as a gay man first, and I've been working into the identity of being two spirited. Um, I would never, you know, that's the second time, as you said, I've had to come out. The first time I had to come out as, hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an Indian man and I accept it and I own it and, I, and I'm proud of it, right? And then to later then come out again to say, well, now I'm, 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 I'm LGBT, right? And I think that that, that does play something in, in the workplace because, you, like as we you said earlier about being sort of tokenism, like... Um, some of my friends used to say, you know, and I don't know if I should share this, but they'd say to me, you know, like if we're ever in a bar fight, we're going to push you in the middle because not only are they hitting an Indian, but they're also hitting a gay person, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I think that that the identity and those understanding them sort of coming out, I think, is is important um, to bring your whole self to work, right? So did 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 you find that? There were greater supports, more supports within an urban environment to support not only your indigeneity, but also being too spirited. Yes, like I, I think it's because I actually see other people reflected. I can see other people can demonstrate to me that they're LGBT or they're two spirited and native and also, you know, have our professionals as well and have their and are working, right? And there's a group of us that sort of get together once a quarter. Um, we call it our, our gay native club and uh, we get together, we travel. So we, we went to New York last year, this year we went to Rio, we went to Brazil oh, wow. together. Um, and this is a space where we have a conversation a long time, um, a lot, like we have a com- this conversation over and over again about like, would there have been us four 10 years ago? Right. And two of them are senior people in, in the banking industry. One is a public health nurse for the city of Toronto. Uh, these are these are people that are are successful in their career and are and, and together we're we are emulating um, what it is to be a First Nation professional who's two spirited and be and, and the strength the the services that we have is the strength of me as a person is because we're together um, and because we hang out so yeah I think that there are some more supports there is also actual supports that. Um, for, for LGBT individuals as well, which do include the, the two-spirited um, aspect to it. Like, for example, at the 519 um, in Toronto here. And what's that? What's the 519? The 519 is a community center um, on Church Street, um, sort of where um, it's for gay and lesbian transgendered people to, to, to come and it's a community center and they run programming. So you can go and get your, um, your testing done there in that setting um you know it, it's a, it's an uncomfortable space and they're actively trying to include the the two-spirited uh, aspect in it and and i always kind of say when i'm when i'm doing work within the lgbt community i kind of say 
I am that, uh, I am, I am the elusive two S that everyone kind of knows, but has never met someone. Right. <laughs> uh, for people in Toronto, uh, who are two spirited, you might also be interested in the two spirited sweat that Anishinaabe health Toronto, uh, does, uh, usually the last, um, the third or last Monday in the, uh, in the month. If you look on the Anishinaabe health, uh, Toronto, uh, website, uh, Twitter feed, uh, you'll see, um, you'll see the dates for those. And that's a good grounding experience because it, it, it brings your, both of your worlds together. And, uh, so those are, are very important. And, uh, there might be that similar, uh, sweats, uh, elsewhere in the country. And, uh, if our listeners want to share those, uh, then let us know and we'll let the listeners know. We haven't really talked about it yet, but really, like, what does two, being two-spirited mean to me, right? And and I think that it's different. We know that culturally, being two-spirited was a thing for some nations, and it wasn't for others. Um, so being two-spirited is, to me, is melding the sort of culture mixed with the person. And so, for example... Um, I had the opportunity to go to a, a university that allowed me to really look at myself as a person and learn my language, my Anishinaabuan language, and to really um, have elders and traditional learning of traditional ceremonies as part of my degree. And it was really interesting because uh, at, at the time I, I didn't, I did not come out as, as, as a gay man until I think until I was about 24. Um, but when I was in my first and second year, um, going to learn about, um, you know, we'd have Native studies and then we'd have a seminar and you could go and do men or women's teachings. And typically you wouldn't learn both. Like if women are going to be carrying the water, it was on Anishinaabe territory. Women would go and learn that and, and men would go and learn about firekeeping. And and my elder and would, would say to me, would ask me, you know, which where are you going to go today? And I kind of turned around and I, you know, she wasn't asking anybody else, <laughs> you know, but she knew she could see the two spiritedness. And she me. supported it. And she supported it. Yeah. And, That's great. and, and learn. And, and so from my understanding about being two spirited, what it means culturally for the indigenous, indigenous community. And I think this is where Toronto sort of is going with it with pride and, and, the, and, and the involvement of the two spirited community there. It is, um, it is being two spirited has to, has traditionally been an, an asset to the community. I have the ability to learn both aspects um, of our culture that are gender based, and I have that opportunity. and And that created um, that created into, that two spirited people were then advantageous to the community. And that was taken away during colonialism. Um, it was you know it was not something that you know we're even as a society in Canada today. We're dealing with the LGBT community um, is, is just in general, but we, I sort of like to think that we kind of already had it figured out before, before, before colonization, we had a system that was in place and that was that respected again, respected the whole person. And that, that is what it means to be two spirited to me. And I think that that changes. Um, the reason why I did not identify as two spirited uh, until recently was because I think there comes with, to me, there becomes a responsibility. I have to hold that knowledge. Well, I, 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 I got to say it's, um, you know, you've got, it's, it's certainly a long way that you've come in and you've mentioned that you've, you know, it's been, it's been a journey for you and you've had to peel off layers. And, uh, 
I mean, I, I just commend the the efforts because you know I'm sure you said you grew up in a small area, right? And, mm -hmm. and we know that small areas uh, certainly aren't aren't um, at times not the most welcoming. But to see, I think uh, the, the first two spirited powwow within you know the within pride this year was, was phenomenal but as I, I guess as we bring this this to a close um what advice would you offer to i guess professionals right to to welcome not only indigenous peoples but two-spirited peoples but also for two-spirited individuals themselves i mean what what advice can you share I think for me, um, putting, I, you know, and this really comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning about being an urban person. I think being an urban indigenous person to me, um, I, I chose to become urban because I wanted to be close to those other people the two other two-spirited people. And we just all happened to be sort of congregating in Toronto. Right. Um, and, uh, I think that my advice to, to professionals, um, uh, you know, or to employers, for example, start with, with, the, with those, uh, with that group, um, is that, uh, um, having somebody come in and, and, and just have a conversation about what being two spirited is just so you, there, there, there is an understanding because the advocacy work that's being done in the LGBT community, um, in Canada, in corporate Canada is again, typically the two S's dropped from it. Um, and it, it becomes focused on on um, the the realities or the 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 oppressions and the history of, of gay men, of lesbian women, of transgendered uh, individuals, and bisexual people. And then there's still the two spirited aspect to, to us. And I feel that that gets dropped off. So bringing somebody in, um, starting a dialogue around it, will demonstrate to the employers and demonstrate to other prof professionals, indigenous young professionals that this is an employer that understands and it was taking efforts to understand. I think that'll, that would be some advice that, that I would, that I would, that I propose. I also think, um, then the advice that I would give to other two spirited individuals. And I, and, and I think that for me, when I'm speaking about this, it's really from those youth and those, those people, those individuals that are, that are in the community, um, and they're suffering because they cannot see, that there is a place for them and they do not see any any other examples of, of success in that area um, and that there is I know I know them I see them uh, every day I, I work you know I see in two two-spirited indigenous people changing the landscape of our country um, and I think that that is sort of a little bit of the the burden that I'm putting on myself that I want to take on I want to be seen as an example of success for other people in the hopes that somebody can just say, you know, you, you did it. Right. And it was interesting because when I go into the community and I speak, um, it's really interesting. I get, I, 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 they in, in, include me in, in their communities and I say to them, you know, I, I speak about what I like to speak about is the two spirited experience. And, and I get to the community and there's like, a nine-year-old kid and i'm like uh <laughs> right like this is this is a conversation like you know that 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 we can be having you know it's a little bit of uncomfortableness with me but at the same time that's why i'm doing it i'm doing it because there isn't a lot of other people doing it and if i would have been able to see somebody that was successful that i that identified as an indigenous person who was two-spirited it would have it would have helped it would have been a, a great asset to, to me and that's what I want to do to others and so for my advice is is seek out those role models because they're there 
and also seek out the services that 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 you require um for, for each individual it's different if you need to talk to someone like reach out to there's the two-spirited um, society of toronto like there's organizations that do exist um they don't even have to be indigenous right and i think that the advice is is that the uniqueness that you have as a two-spirited person needs to be valued and it needs to be fostered because it's unique and it and in in our culture historically it was valued very highly and and that would be i think my 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 advice to to those uh, individuals great Jared. well thanks for the work you do and thanks for being on native currents uh, tell our listeners how to uh, how they can get in touch with you so you can find me on my website at uh, www.jarrettleeman.com. That's J-A-R-R-E-T-L-E-A-M-A-N. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at, uh, my Twitter handles are, is jarejar, so J-A-R-E underscore J-A-R-E. And it's the same across all of my social media. Native Currents is uh, available on iTunes. Subscribe. Follow us on our blogspot, nativecurrents.blogspot.ca, and on Twitter at Native Currents. See you later, Steve. See you later, Glenn, and thank you to Allison Baker, our uh, uh, editor, who does a fabulous job of making it sound great. Thanks, Allison. Bye for now. <laughs>